Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, welcome back. And before we get started, don't forget, please put the finger on that red button and subscribe so you won't miss any of our wonderful guests. So let me welcome you to today's show sponsored by my wonderful values-driven sponsor, TD Industries. I'd like to tell you a little about them. It's a perfect partnership because TD Industries is a servant leadership culture. And this show is all about authentic leaders who lead from their heart. So I'm grateful for TD Industries. For 50 years, TD has embraced this culture. And its, its brand is recognized throughout our Southwest for delivering life cycle solutions. I have to read this because I don't want to miss anything for mechanical contracting operations and maintenance. They are continually searching for those long-term relationships with their partners, with their subcontractors, with their customers. And they have offices all throughout Texas. They are in Austin, Fort Worth, Houston, Richardson, San Antonio, and Phoenix, Arizona. To learn more about TD Industries, go to their website, www.tdindustries.com. Well, my guest today is Nikki Morgan, formerly Sadlowski. How about that? Sadlowski and Sokolowski were a team. <laughs> Nikki came from Houston today. She is the executive vice president of TD's Houston branch. So let me just welcome you, Nikki. Thank you for driving in today. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's good to be here in person without a mask on our face. It's, I know. It's very nice to be around people. You know, we don't have to wear a mask. I asked, uh, or I was asked by someone recently, Nikki, they said, well, if it's COVID, don't you have to wear masks on the show? And I said, I don't think we could talk very well doing that. <laughs> so here we are, Nikki, you have such a stellar uh, career at TD, and I'd love for you to tell us the journey of how you even got into this women in construction. How did it happen? Yeah, sure. Um, but thank thank you, it's an honor to be here too. I'm, I'm very, very excited to be here and, and to have been invited. Um, gosh, I kind of fell into construction. Um, I know that's, I, I hate to hear that now because um, there's such a great opportunity for many people in construction and- Women, Women, absolutely right? women. Um, I hope we can get more women into it. There's only about 10% of the industry is women right now. Um, but how I got into it really, and, and I, I hate to say this, but it was about making more money. And at the time, um, I had very small children. They were uh, nine-month-old twin boys. They're 23 now, but um, I, just, I just needed to find a job and, and make more money. And I ended up having an interview with uh, Graham Moore at TD Industries back in 1997. And um, 23 years you've been with them. 23, October 6th. Yeah, yeah, very proud of that. But um, yeah, so I started working there. It was really as his executive assistant. I had a bachelor's degree in business, and um, he was really focused on wanting to grow the construction side of the business. He was very into the business development and needed somebody to help on the 
business aspect and um, I just kind of organized his life at the time and <laughs> his we, whole life. Yeah, we were a small business unit in Houston and um, you know I really just started growing the professional services side of the business so the HR the IT the non-revenue generating side of things and mm-hmm. I loved it that was what my degree was in it was my background um, and I did that for several years. And then in 2004, our service leader at the time, and so service being, um, we were we were operating and maintaining and fixing air conditioning and plumbing systems in large commercial buildings. Mm-hmm. And so our service leader left and um, Graham came to me and said, hey, I need you to go go run our service division from HR to yeah. service division yeah from from yeah just on the professional service side and I was I fought him I said there's no way I don't know I'm not a technical person I did not come from the technical background I don't have an engineering degree or a construction science background um, and so I told him I would do it temporarily for a couple of months and then that turned into a couple of years and turned into 10 years and um, a few years ago I um, had the honor of, of adding another business unit to my responsibility, and that was our renovations team. And what our, do they do? Tell us what that so is. So they, um, so in a building like this, an office building, if somebody wants to come move in there and change a bunch of things and build out the space and have more air conditioning or put in some bathrooms, they, they come in and renovate and put in the air conditioning and the plumbing for, okay. for those. And then also our facility side of the business came up under my responsibility. And what we do there is a big corporate campus or a hospital or American Airlines. We go in there and provide people to help support their systems and their operations, their facility operations. Um, and so we have a big facilities business in Houston, and that was part of my responsibility. And about a year ago, um, Graham, who I had still worked for up until that time, he moved on for more responsibilities, actually for some responsibilities here in the Dallas area. And I was promoted to the geographic EVP for that for that business unit. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's really a wonderful journey. It's uh, It's been quick and long at the same time. <laughs> well, of all of those uh, different roles that you've had, Nikki, is there one, one um, aspect of all of them that sort of was the most exciting or or interesting to you since you didn't have a technical background? I, you know, I think it all was, Valerie. I mean, it's it was always a learning journey, and it still is. I mean, there's, sure. there's um, I tell people all the time, I've got some really strong technical people around me. I've learned a few things over 23 years of construction and service and mechanical systems, um, but it's, it's always a learning journey. And I think the the, I think the biggest thing and the most important, and it's really what TD is based on, is it's about the people mm-hmm. and growing people and spending time teaching people what you know and learning from them. It's been um, it's probably been the most rewarding part of the job. That would be that would be rewarding for sure. Nikki, tell us a little bit about the term servant leadership at TD. It's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. and many companies say we are servant leadership. I would love to be a camera that walks into other companies that say that and just observe, you know, like a movie camera. You can't feel anything, but you can watch and you can hear. What would we see and hear walking down the halls 
at your organization in Houston. Sure, yeah, and I think it's all of TD. Um, I think every office in in TD has a slight little different culture based on the city that we're in, Mm -hmm. but any TD office that you walk into, it just immediately feels like family. Um, It's just, it it just feels different. And and I've been here for a couple of decades, but I did work uh, some other places beforehand, and um, it's a, it's about the people. It's not about the company first. It's about the people first. And sure, we're you know, we're for profit, and we want to grow, and we want to increase our revenue, and um, but it's really about the people first. And so it's very different. And the people, the partners that we bring in, and that's what we call our employees, partners, partners, uh, because like we that. are employee owned, and so you become a partner, and you really it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a book that was written many years ago about the history of TD called The Partnership of the Spirit. And that's really kind of sums it up. It's it, just, is it available? I don't think it's available online. I think it's we wrote it for our, for our own partners mm-hmm. and um, we give it to our employees when they hit milestone anniversaries. And I think you can get it if you're in inside of TD, but I don't think it's widely available at Amazon or anything. Um but yeah, servant leadership, it's, 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 you just feel it. It's, it's a condition of employment at TD for our managers and leaders. It's mm-hmm. not an option and not everybody's strong at it. I mean, you have to work hard at it. I have to work hard at it every day because mm-hmm. I don't know that it's a natural tendency for me. Um, but it's something that's expected and it's really the best way to lead people. It's just about treating people as humans. No, being a good human, that's really what it's Isn't about. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> if every company could be uh, so so cognizant of the people. So if you as a leader are telling someone who's interested, hopefully a woman since only 10% are in the field, uh, about coming to work at TD, if I walked in and you're interviewing me, what would be the highlight of what you'd say to get me to understand really what it would be like every day to come there? Yeah, so you, we would definitely hold you accountable. I mean, we want you to do the job that we hired you to do. You know, we tell people that we hire adults, you know, we expect you to come in and do the job that you were hired to do, but we give you the tools, we give you the trust. The foundation is built on trust is what TD um, is really about as well. And so we trust you to do your job. We'll give you the tools that you need. And we ask you along the way, what else do you need? How can we help you? Um, And then, and we expect you to do the same. You know, this is what I need. This is how I need help. Um, We really want people to grow their careers. That's part of our mission statement at TD. It's it's really about growing your careers. We want you to come in and stay for a lifetime. Um, Not everybody, it's not a good fit for everybody, but it's really a great way to do business and you know you spend so many of your waking hours at work and i know a lot of them right right now we're at home and people are working from home but you're still dealing with all of those people and you want to be working with people that you enjoy working with and spend time that you know that rare amount of time that we have um, together together yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's just um you know when i interview people it's funny because when I'm with another partner that's helping me interview a new person, they can always tell when I'm really interested in the person because I just start talking about TD and just how amazing it is to work here. And as far as women go, I think 
Um, we have some really strong women leaders at TD and have long before it was cool to have women in construction. Um, and it's really because that's what our philosophy is. It's about all people. Um, diversity and inclu- in- inclusion is really important to us. Sure. And we've, we've really worked hard to make sure that we can have um, all facets of the population as part of the company. But it's, um, it's just a great place to be. It's a great place to have grown up. It's a great place to have learned the construction industry. And I really encourage women um, I encourage all people. It's a great, and we talked, you know, before this yes. about, um, I really encourage women to get into it and learn about it, um, but well, also men. And learn what? So if a, if a woman is out in the audience listening to this, watching the show, um, you said you didn't have any technical background. Mm-hmm. What kind of careers and why would a woman move into those careers above other kinds of careers. Give us an example of the types of things women could be doing at TD and the kind of, frankly, the kind of income that they could make as it relates statistically to other income. Yeah, yeah, so it's really interesting. A few years ago, I um, did some research. I think I was writing an article for comparing construction industries and the trades specifically versus college degreed um, careers. Mm -hmm. And with the trades, and there's there's 10% women in the construction industry, but fewer in the trades. And it's because- And by trades, you mean? Plumbers, pipe fitters, sheet metal mechanics. Um, and that's just that's just our part, but there's electricians, there's control technicians, um, there's a lot more trades, there's sheet rockers. And everybody, it, it was always considered kind of a second choice plan. Uh-huh. And, you know, if people weren't good for, you know, meant for college, they would go into the trades and there's so much opportunity in the trades and not everybody's meant to go to college, to sit in a classroom for four years, six years, eight years, however long it takes you to get through. Um, going into the trades because you get to work with your hands, you get to be outside, you get to do a lot of cool, exciting things. Um, but most companies will train you as they're paying you. And for women, it's just not historically been what we've pushed as parents to go as a female to go into the trades or construction as a whole. It's not nursing. It's not teaching. Yep. Not (laughs) the historically female. It's not HR. Exactly. Um, And so if if you like to build, if you like to be part of something, if you like to see your work, um, the trades is definitely something to go into. But besides that, you have all of the other things in construction. You've got project management. So you, you're part of that project also, but you're more on the office side. Mm-hmm. There's all of the, in most construction industries or companies, you have HR and you have finance and mm-hmm. you have safety. Safety's huge. Um, and then you obviously have the management roles, administrative roles. Any typical company, you have similar roles in a construction a construction company, mm-hmm. um, but the industry is—it's um, exciting. It's—it's it's cool to be part of. It's cool to be part to drive down the highway and say, "I—I I helped build that building." I was just going to say, I, as I have uh, had, thank goodness, TD as a sponsor for now two years. So pleased about that. I've learned so much, and it, to your point, I now know in Dallas anyway what buildings. Uh, that you've been a part of, and it's it's kind of a cool feeling, mm-hmm. isn't it? Let's talk a little bit about um, 
in your career, the importance of leading in this COVID time. Mm -hmm. We've got to talk about that because we're still in it, Nikki. Mm -hmm. And so I know there's a lot of Zoom meetings. A lot. I know <laughs> I know that most of us are Zoomed zombies. Mm -hmm. I know all that. So as a leader, how are you dealing with these things? Yeah, um, I have to say at the beginning of it, it was incredibly stressful. Sure. You know, where you, a lot of things came to a screeching halt. Um, for our business, it was realigning because construction was considered an essential business in Texas and Arizona, where our, our offices are. Um, and so we had to really quickly realign what that meant in the COVID pandemic. And what does that mean for our people, our partners, our, our subcontractors? How do we keep everybody safe? How do we keep everybody feeling like we're protecting them mm -hmm. um, without shutting everything down? You know, we didn't want to send yeah. people home because people still needed to make paychecks. I mean, there's there was a lot of things out there that the governments assisted with, but you had to be in a certain area for that to for that to help you and so we worked really hard to make sure that our partners stayed safe mm -hmm. um, anybody that we could send home and work remotely we did um, but our field partners we couldn't do that and so there was a lot of money and time invested on how we keep our partners safe and it's just staying in contact with them okay yeah talking to them sending out emails trying to do video calls keeping our teams all informed um you know getting disseminating that information as quickly as we could so communication it was constantly. a key it was a key and then it got to a point where it's like okay we get it we, we get got it. it we're we gonna, got it we're gonna we follow it. the protocols and it just seemed like for gosh, for several months, it was just daily. There was different protocols. Okay, now we got to do this. Okay, now we got to do this. And I have to hand it to our, um, specifically our field crews. They were absolutely amazing. They, the things that they had to do and they had to pivot as quickly as they did and follow this and take the temperature this and you couldn't be over that and you uh. wear the mask and make sure and get hand washing stations and all of the things that we had to do while they're building while the they're buildings. building all of this yeah they were amazing and mm. you know they've had to and COVID hit it was still kind of cool outside well this summer oh, you know my. they having to wear the masks outside it's mm. it can be pretty brutal and um, everybody did it and they worked really hard to figure out how we work in this world and this new world that we have. Um, it's been, it's been stressful, it but it's stressful. been amazing to watch people's resiliency. Um, Isn't that a great word? Mm -hmm. We are all learning to be so much more resilient, all of us. Yeah. And, and, um, What's also interesting, Nikki, is as we've talked and I've talked with other leaders, the fact that there are so many meetings on Zoom and yet you're still productive. I want to ask you a couple of things about, uh, and I took some notes on this when we talked earlier, you had some very specific things to share with us about lessons that you've learned as a leader. Um, what are some of the things that people who are still leading in COVID and will maybe for a while, what would you give us as some wisdom and advice? 
I think one of the biggest is talk to your teams, talk to your people, Mm -hmm. um, make sure that they know that everybody's dealing with this differently. And so you need to empathize. Um, You never know how somebody is going to process it. So have have some empathy and stay in touch. Uh, one of the things that I really pushed with my teams, as soon as we could do it, as soon as our networks could handle it, is do the do video. And I know everybody now is just completely tired of seeing your face this close to somebody else. But because we can't necessarily see each other in person, you know, at least see their face, watch their body language, stay stay exactly. in contact and, and understand how they're feeling mm-hmm. um, because that's going to ultimately affect it's going to affect the work product it affects their family it affects everything sure. kind of down the line of that so really it's communicate communication I think that was the thing. and and what about just as a leader period some things that you might uh share about just good solid leadership especially for women so obviously <laughs> i wrote a book on leadership for women leadership is leadership let mm-hmm. me just start by saying that Having said that, is there anything different in as in leading as a woman when you particularly are in an all pretty much male, how would you describe it? Yes, environment. Definitely, definitely a male dominated environment. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, especially in Texas and then in Houston, Texas at that. So it's um, typically always been kind of a good old boy industry. Um, gosh, as a woman, you know, I I am a very um, strong willed, assertive person. And so I have to originally from New Jersey. So I, t- people tell uh-huh. me all the time, I have kind of that Jersey girl in me. Um, I've actually had to learn to tone it down because, um, you have to understand the situation and, and coming in there just full on and, and pushing when you shouldn't push, um, right. doesn't doesn't win you any uh, awards. And so I think it's really being authentic, but understanding and reading your room and reading reading the people that you're dealing with um, has been really important. And being a lifelong learner. So TD has always been huge on training and education. Um, and so taking advantage of that and always learning. And if I don't understand something, going back to my office or my house and trying to learn as much as I can on it. So I think that has helped me um, along the way. What are your goals? Well, uh, right now I've actually gone back to school talking about a lifelong learner. Um, You know, I graduated many, many years ago from college and it's always been one of my goals to get my MBA. And so for you, I've just gone back to uh, Texas A&M to get my executive MBA and um, learning the the whoop and the gigum. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a new Aggie, but um, so one of my goals is to get through there. And, and when will that happen? When that'll will be May of 2022. Oh, so just goodness. started, just started. But I got my kids through college and, you know, watch them. Um, and so I figured it was it was time. It was your time. It was my time. Yeah. And your twin boys. Mm-hmm. So the pictures up of, mm-hmm. of your boys and they all three of you have your hard hats yep. on, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they uh, they both work for TD, uh, one in Austin and one in San Antonio. And they they grew up with TD. You know, like I said, they were nine months old when I started here. And so they um, wanted to go into construction and they saw all of the opportunities that were there for them. And they um, 
you know, TD was was the main place they wanted to work because they knew what a great place it was. And, um, you know, one of my sons interned all the way through college at TD and the other one tried different different mm-hmm. things and then came back, came back to TD. So that's a great culture mm-hmm. and it's a great story. You know, um, back to the COVID for a minute. What is the company um, saying in terms of future? This is what the world will look like probably for us in our industry. What's the forecast? You know, as far as um, kind of going back to work, we never stopped. And so uh, we are eventually going to get people back into the offices because it really has a lot to do with our culture. We want to be around each other. Sure. Um, We really actually enjoy each other. And so it's nice to be in the same place and um, really interact and collaborate. Um, But what will it look like? It'll be different, won't it? yeah, I don't know how much the field is going to be different. What what we've been trying to do for several years, and we have a really big push at TD right now, is to shift to more prefabrication, which means not doing as much work on site and doing it inside, you know, confined places where you can be safer and you can mitigate your risk. Okay. Um, and so the industry as a whole is moving that direction and was before COVID. And so you'll start seeing more and more of that, mm-hmm. more technology. Construction historically has been just ancient when it comes to really? technology. It's yes, very ancient. Huh. Um, and so there's, we actually just recently started a group in our company, um, Construction Technology Contech. Um, just to push more and utilize the technologies that out that's out there. And so I think post-COVID world or COVID world, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's ever going to be post-COVID world. True. Um, really just speeding up technology so we can continue to figure out how to mitigate the risks that we have for all of our partners and um, whether that's viruses or just safety, safety. in general. Mm-hmm. Um We'll be back in the offices. I don't know that we'll ever be 100%. You know, we've definitely shifted our paradigm at what that looks like. Um, Historically, construction is if you're not in the office, you're not working. Well, that's been the message for a lot of everybody for most industries. Yeah. And I think we've all seen that that's just not the case. And we've had the millennials kind of telling us that all along. Um, and so I know a lot of them are pretty excited, not about the pandemic, but that it kind of shifted the mindset a little bit. Yeah. Uh, one other thing technically that I think is interesting, I'd like you to talk about the air, the air conditioning, since that's a major part of TD. Are there some new technologies now that are in place that maybe wouldn't have been so necessary? Yeah, Before you know, I, I think it's brought more of an attention to cleaning or breathing cleaner air. Yeah. Um, you know, we've always been a proponent of making sure that you maintain your air conditioning systems. You know, that's part of our business. It's some people choose to do it and some people choose don't to not do it. But I think it's um, it's brought a lot of attention to it. So there's always filtration that you can add. There's UV lighting. There's a lot of things that can be added to your systems that can create it create a safer uh, system. Mm-hmm. You certainly, if you haven't been in your buildings and you left them and you shut them down, you need to make sure that you get some professionals in there before you reopen the buildings. Yeah. One, plumbing systems and there's bacteria that can build as well as in your air conditioning system. So you need to make sure that before you open, 
back up your buildings that you talk to TD would be great if you're in Texas or Arizona. Um, But a a professional that can go in there and make sure that it's safe for your for your tenants to come back in. I wish you did work on the airlines. (laughs) Yeah, I actually it's interesting. I flew, uh, I guess it was about three weeks ago. And um, that was a that was an interesting interesting trip. Were you paying attention yeah, to the flow well, of it? Def- definitely paying attention, you know, got a mask on. Although I don't know much about the filtration systems on airlines, but I've been told that they're probably one of the safest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hand you this, this, this alcohol wipe when you go in there and you, everybody's just wiping everything down. I'm thinking, man, we should have been doing this long before long COVID. Before. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's the other thing I want to get your opinion on. There are some things that are positive about the COVID. There are a lot of things that are coming from this that other leaders have been sharing. What would you say are some good things, maybe new ways of doing things that you've recognized and are wanting to implement, if not already? Yeah, I think um, I think one of the best things that's come out of COVID is it's made some people slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, technology and all those things are, have been great and just paradigm shifts, but just overall slowing down and getting back to what's really important in our lives. Um, you know, spending more time with family and For your sure. kids. And um, I know a lot of people are tired of being teachers and, you know, having their trying to deal with their career and everything. And it's been frustrating and stressful. But I've heard so many people talk about the positive of COVID is being able to spend more time with, you know, what's really important in your life and the mm-hmm. people that are really important. Um, unfortunately, some of those people you haven't been able to see because of COVID. True. Um, but more on the business side of things, you know, the technology, just the exponential movement on technology and, and why it's so important um, has been really cool to watch. You know, we, we couldn't use Zoom at TD because some of security issues at the time. And we've been using Microsoft Teams and just how quickly Microsoft Teams has iterated to catch up with what they needed to do for all the people that were using it to work from home. Uh Um, Yeah. Have you lost any um, significant amount of people that just say, I will not come back to the office? No, we haven't. We haven't seen that. There's some people saying, I want to come back. Like, please let me go back. Um, And I, I think it's going to look different. I think it's going to be more flexible. Um, and it's really going to depend on your role, like what you do and how much you need to be around people. But we haven't, there hasn't been anybody that I've talked to yet that have said, no, I don't, I don't want to come back. Because it's a good place to yeah. work. And, you know, and some people are like, I, I enjoy the flexibility. It's nice to have that. Yeah. Um, especially when you get, you start talking to women. And one of the things that I think historically industry as a whole has not been really helpful to women with small children and when you have to deal with all of the different things that are pulling on you um and men i, I shouldn't leave men out i mean th- <laughs> no you it's know, not. dads now and um are much more involved in the parenting process and mm-hmm. so i think the flexibility of being able to have all the tools that we can use now to work from home or work remotely has just made a better life balance so today when you go back driving home from Dallas to Houston, you get up tomorrow morning, tell us what your typical day in your position looks like. 
gosh, I don't know that I have any typical days these days, but tomorrow I will uh, I'll get up, I'll work out, um, and then I will be going into the office for most of the day tomorrow. Um, actually, this week, I'll be there most of this week, but that's not really? a typical, hasn't been a typical week. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I'll be in and out of the office for meetings just to make sure that, um, you know, when we can be in person, we try to be, especially sure. if we've got multiple people in the, in the meeting. Um, and so it's, it's some meetings at home, some meetings in the office, some at zoom. Um, I'm getting really tired of, of, you know, seven to five zoom meetings. And so I try to mix it up a little bit. Is that Um, right? Seven to five. They're usually back back to to back. back. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about before, um, we started today was it used to be, you could just kind of pick up the phone and call somebody. And we've, we've changed to this process of almost always having to set up a zoom call to talk to somebody. It's like, let's go back to just picking up the phone and calling people. Right. Um, and what's, what's really nice is I get to have lunch with a customer tomorrow, which those are starting to come back. Um, and so it's, it's, we're slowly starting to get to see people more face to face. Little Um, by little. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question. There's really no typical right now. I'm not surprised what's typical except the zoom meetings, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Those are definitely (laughs) typical. You know, Nikki, you've given us, thank you so much for driving all this way. It's a long drive to back and forth in one day, uh, from Houston to Dallas as you as you think about uh, the future and back to the women and the statistics of only 10%, if there are women watching and listening today, how can they find out more about the industry and the opportunities? Yeah, really, Google is always a great thing, but um, I always love helping. Um, you know, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Oh, that's and, nice. Um, you know, I, I have enjoyed mentoring women over the years, but if you have the opportunity to find somebody that works in our industry, mm-hmm. just go talk to them about it. Um, yeah. You know, we're I'm part of groups that like try to go out to colleges and, you know, really we need to go younger than that, high schools and middle schools to let people know that this is a viable career. Sure. Um, and so it's really just doing your research and think about, what is it you want to do? And just because it might have been considered a second career, you know, a second choice, it, it's really not. There's the opportunities and the income that can come with it. And it's good income. It's great income. It's great income. You know, we started talking about earlier, you know, what's the difference, you know, between going to a college college route or construction route and the trades. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's pretty equal. So a you go to college for four years, you get all this, this massive debt, and then it takes three to 10 years to be making what you would after four years of apprenticeship in a trade. Um, and That's so interesting it's right there. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, those are from the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and um, you can see it out there. But it's I would say you just talk, just talk to people. Find There's out. great um, trade associations. So associated general contractors, associated builders and contractors, almost every group somewhere has a women's organization within them. Mm-hmm. Reach out to them because the, the first thing they want to do is try and bring w- more women into this, uh, it, this industry. It's an untapped market, isn't mm-hmm. it, Nikki? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
for your time today. Did you have fun? I had fun, yeah. I, I, I was very nervous at the beginning of this. Valerie gave me a paper clip so I could fidget with it, um, but it was a lot of fun and I'm really honored to be here. So thank you very much. Well, we're glad to have you, Nikki. And for those of you who are interested in more, you can see on the screen, you can go to the TD Industries uh, website. And Nikki was kind enough to say, look her up on LinkedIn, and not every leader is willing to do that. You're on Zoom meetings all day, seven to five, and yet she said, look me up on LinkedIn. How much better does it get to say this is a servant leadership organization? And so until next time, don't forget now, hit the red button so you don't miss any of the other guests. We've got some wonderful ones coming up, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.